The one thing I'm realizing is, is that we don't realize how much authority we have. And in our heads, <clears throat> uh, in our heads, somehow the enemy has tricked us into thinking that somebody else has more authority than we do, or the authority is actually for someone who's professional, or wh- whatever, ad infinitum. But, uh, but today I'm gonna sh- I want to point to something uh, that I'd never seen before. So in, in Luke chapter 4, we're going to start with verse 16. Jesus here, this is the very first, in the, in the gospel of Luke, this is the first message that Jesus preaches. He's, it's in his hometown. And so it says here that he, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as was, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Can I just pause right there? Jesus made a habit. It was his custom to go to church. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable gear of the Lord. So Jesus stands up, and then he goes on to say, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So everyone in the place watches him sit, sit down, and then they get mad at him. But I thought it was unusual, that the, or I thought it was interesting that the Lord would pick this scripture to, 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 to read. And the thing that he says here is that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And the whole thing is, is he's, he's anointed me to preach the gospel or to bring the good news. So the good news that he brings is basically, if you're poor, you don't have to be poor anymore. If you're blind, you don't have to stay that way. You don't have to remain blind. If you're brokenhearted, you don't have to remain brokenhearted. This is the good news. And the good news is, is that what he did then, he's still doing now. There's like a time delay here. I don't know. But he's still doing today. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. Nothing's changed. So if you're oppressed, you don't have to stay that way. Jesus came with good news. And so I was reading that and I was like, oh yeah, that's, oh, that, that's right. He's still doing the same thing. The, um, the, the one phrase that I want to focus on is this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And you've probably heard this before, but the, you know, the, the question here is if Jesus, if, Jesus, if Jesus was there ministering in his divine power, why did he have to be anointed? In Acts 10, 38, it says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the, by the devil, for God was with him. There's that word again. He was anointed. Jesus, the Son of God, and yet he was anointed. For this purpose, in, in 1 John 3, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil particularly to get back from Satan everything that Satan had taken from Adam. 
So we see Jesus. He's anointed. Jesus was the son of God. He was deity in this earth, yet he did not operate in divine power. People are like, I knew this was a cult. (laughs) He performed miracles by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is the same anointing that's available to you and I. In Philippians, turn to Philippians chapter 2. Just so, before you walk out, I can back up what I just said. Philippians chapter 2, six, verses 6 and 7. In his very nature, talking about Jesus, in his very nature, he was God. But he did not think that being equal with God was something he should hold on to. Instead, he made himself nothing. He took on the very nature of a servant. He was made in human form. So it's easy to read the Bible and miss the fact that even though Jesus was God, he emptied himself of his divine privileges and he operated, if you would, as a man. He was the son of man, yet he was God in the flesh, In his very nature, he was God. So he's the son of man, and he was God in the flesh. He was born of a woman, of a virgin. Uh, His mother was, was, was Mary. His father was God. He, if you would, let me, he entered this earth legally in that he was born here. So, so. Having said that, I want to show us today that there is a legal aspect to being born in the earth. So understanding the authority that God has given to us is really important. If you have your Bibles, well, you turn to John 10.10. You do have your Bibles. Turn to John 10.10. We'll stay here for a little bit. John 10.10. This is one of our Becky and mine's favorite uh, verses. I think it's Becky's favorite. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So, this is really easy, but just trying to get audience participation. Who's the thief? Satan. There we go. And Satan's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus is saying, I've come that you might have, and that you would have it abundantly. So here, Jesus is separating, if you would, the thief and himself. And he's saying, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's drawing a line. I've come that you would have life, that you would have it abundantly. I think I've said this before. I don't know where I got this crazy communication mix-up, but for the longest time, I thought, this is bad, I thought that the roles were reversed. Somehow, I had attributed that everything that I had lost in life was actually his, Jesus' fault or God's fault, and, and everything I had gained, so to speak, was that, anyway, I've repented. <laughs> Just let you know. <clears throat> so, 
Let me just say something. The thief comes not to steal, kill, and destroy. I, that, the, 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 the subject of the thief actually starts in verse 1. So the reason that we're, and I'm going to look at that in just a second, but I wanted to start with verse 10 because for me, in John chapter 10, it's a lot easier for me. John chapter 10 is one of those uh, chapters that kind of, I, I kind of read it and go, I don't know what it means. And then just like, oh, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah, yeah, I know that one. I'll, I'll take that one. But uh, I want us to go back and look. We're going to start with verse 1 because Jesus brings up the subject of the thief and he carries that subject through. The thread kind of runs through up here till verse 10. So, verse 1. Here we go. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And when they say to him, referring to the one who comes in through the door, to him, the doorkeeper opens. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to him. And if I would have been there, I would have been in that camp. I have no idea what he was talking about. I have no idea. It's like, uh, and to make matters worse here, the next verse says, then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. So I was like, I don't know, I'm all confused now. In verse 2, he says, he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, in verse 7, he's referring to himself as the door. So I'm like, how can you be the door and enter through the door? I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. This doesn't help me at all. And that's why I said... When I read this passage, the one that I really latch on to is verse 10. The thief comes, yeah, I understand this one, but this other one I don't understand. So, let's go back to verse 1 and 2 and see if we can unpack it to see what is being said here. Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So as we're going to begin to unpack this, may I present to you or suggest to you that Jesus could be talking about two different doors One's in the natural realm, and one is in the spiritual realm. The door here in verse verses 1 and 2 is a door that's referencing the natural realm. The door that he's talking about in verses 7 and 9 is referencing the spiritual realm. So let's try to break this down. So the first door that we're looking at right here is an earthly 
doors. It's, it's into the earthly realm. And rather than ask you a question, what does the door represent? I'll go ahead and tell you what the door represents. The door represents a legal entry. So when you came into the building here, you came in through the front door. You didn't come in through a window. You didn't tear out part of the wall in order to come in. You came in through the legal entrance into this house. The sheepfold. Here's another one that's, that's like, uh, the sheepfold. Well, looked up. The sheepfold is where the sheep stay. So it could be an enclosure. It could be a pen. It could be a pasture. It could be, if you're in New Zealand, it could be a continent or a country. <laughs> And so, but the sheep, the, the sheepfold is where the sheep stay. So just for the sake of this analogy, let's just say that the sheepfold is earth. Okay? So the door represents a legal entry. So the question is, what is the legal entry into the earth? For someone to come into the earth, what is the legal entry? It's being born of a woman. Being born of a woman is the legal entry into the earth. Now watch this. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, coming in through the birth of a woman, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. and therefore does not have legal authority on the earth. Any being coming into the earth any other way through the legal entry, the door, any other way than the legal entry is a thief and a robber. Satan entered the world illegally. He was not born of a woman, and he does not have legal authority. Any authority that he has, it's been given to him by man. When Adam fell, he gave Satan his delegated authority. According to this scripture, the thief climbed in, another way. The devil, the demons, they all climbed in another way. The only authority that they have is the authority that we give to them. In verse 3, it says, to him, to him, who is that? It's talking about Jesus or the shepherd. And who the shepherd is the one who came in through the door. In the natural, we're talking about the shepherd being Jesus, born of a woman, came into this world through the door, which is born of a woman. To him, the doorkeeper opens. And the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. The purpose of Jesus coming to this earth, 
is to lead us out of darkness into light. Verse 7. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. So here's the second door. If you're following this analogy. Are you guys good? Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The first door, verses 1 and 2, is legal entry through a physical birth, born of a woman. Being born of a woman gives us authority here. Look at your neighbor and say, were you hatched? (laughs) Being born of a woman gives us legal authority here. Jesus is talking about the thief and the shepherd. And he is, he is bringing a distinguishing, he's, he's distinguishing between the two. The thief comes in a different way. Jesus has a mother, that, of Mary, a virgin mother, and was fathered by God the Father. He was born and he came into earth, he came into earth through the door of being born as a human. That being born as a human granted him authority. There was natural authority given to God, given to everybody. God has given to every single one of us that have been born of a woman authority. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The second door is the spiritual birth. Being born of the Spirit, the door, the, le- the door is, is the legal entry, right? This verse is saying, I am the door. The door is the legal entry. The legal entry into the Spirit is Jesus. Even though man is legally born in the earth, he was born into sin and he must be born again, passing from a spiritual death to a spiritual life. Jesus is the door and if you don't go through that way, you won't make it. The only way into heaven is through the door who is Jesus. Back to verse 2. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So we see a truth. Only people born on earth have authority. And I'm talking about authority. There's a different thing about power. I'm talking about authority. We've been each been given authority. When I read this verse and think about this, I go to this place where Jesus said, uh, everyone is going to give an account of every idle word that you've spoken. It's like, why? Because of the authority that you have. Because of the authority that we have. 
either good or bad, because of the authority that we have, our words actually direct our lives towards what we're talking about. Only people born on earth have authority here. God delegated the first authority to Adam, but Adam turned that authority over to Satan. Satan entered this earth illegally. He climbed up some other way. He wasn't born here, and he has no right to be here. He is a thief and a robber. But Jesus has come that we may have life. He has come to destroy. He has come to destroy and take away those things that Satan inflicted upon man. He came to restore man back to his rightful authority. So we have the same Holy Spirit available to us as Jesus did to do the same things that Jesus did. Truth of the matter is, I don't think we know who we are. The enemy doesn't want us to know our authority because if we don't use our authority or we don't know our authority, we're no threat to him. And if we won't use our authority, he will continue to harass us and he'll keep pushing us around. So I'm not saying that every bad thing that happens to you is your fault. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there's a place where we don't have to take everything that's coming towards us. He doesn't belong here and he has no authority, but you belong here and you have a God-given authority. In Matthew 28, Jesus says this, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. When Jesus says all authority... He means the, the all, the entire, the entire authority has been given to him in heaven and earth. Uh, it means any, any authority, all authority, any authority, the entire authority has been given to Jesus in heaven and on earth. And Jesus here, what well, Jesus has restored is to us, our authority, and is now commissioning us to go out and do the same. I'll be with you. So, I remember when I, I think I've told this story before, talking about, I don't think we understand the authority that, that, that we have. I remember... Um, Two couple of stories. One is when I went to Brazil. Went to Brazil, couldn't speak the language. They couldn't understand me. And yet the things that I would pray, when I was praying over people, I would watch things begin to happen. I was like, this is, this is bizarre. They don't even know what I'm saying. And I was watching uh, uh, things happen to people that I was praying for based merely on the authority that I had. I remember walking away in Brazil going, good night. 
this thing really, really works. I had like a smoking gun. I was like, this is bizarre. And I felt like then that the Lord was saying, you don't know the authority that you carry. I remember uh, we had just, I had just received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You'd heard me talk about this before. And uh, prayed for a friend of mine to receive it, and he didn't receive it. It actually went south or west or a, a different, different route. But he didn't receive it, and so, but, but instead, when we prayed for him, the anointing that hit him actually woke something up that was inside of him that may be dormant or not, I don't know, but it started talking to him. So he calls me, that was on a Monday, on a Thursday or Friday, he calls me and said, hey, you got to help me, this thing's talking to me. And I was like, well, what's talking to you? He said, I, I don't know. It's a demon or what? I, I don't know. I said, what's it saying? It's saying, I've got you. You're not going anywhere. And I'm like, oh, man. So I'm thinking, oh, no, what have I done? Because I have violated the cardinal rule in, in the church that we were going to at the time where, you know, they believed in the Holy Spirit, but not the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And this is why. This is why you don't receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, because it stirs stuff up. And you, Jeff, you brought this on. So I remember going, oh, my goodness. And so I, uh, we called some friend of ours that, that we were friends with, and they're like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. Jeff, you've got authority over this thing. You just call them back and pray for them, pray for him, and just say, you know, in the name of Jesus, I bind this, and I didn't even know what, I didn't even have to call anything out. I just said, I, I bind this in Jesus' name, and, she's, and she said, and that's it. So I was like, okay, so I called my friend back, and I and, uh, said, Randy, he said, uh, yeah, and I said, hey, uh, can I pray for you? Silent. I was like, uh, Randy, can I, can I pray for you? He didn't say anything. I said, Randy, he goes, what? Like, can I pray for you? So I prayed for him in the name of Jesus. You know, I bind you in Jesus' name. Amen. That was it. Didn't hear anything else. That was on a Friday. Sunday comes along, and uh, a group of friends had heard what had happened and heard what I had done to them. And so they said, we need to go over and pray for Randy. And so we go over there. And I'm getting beat up all the way to, to, to his house because uh, one of my friend's brother was in seminary, and he called him, and the seminary student, you know, just really uh, told his brother, tell Jeff, you do not know what you're doing. Please, you know, do not, tell him to get, stay away from this sort of stuff. So I'm thinking, oh man, I have messed this guy's life up. I've messed Randy's life up. I'm in the car, and I'm telling the Lord, when we get there, I am not going to pray anything because I've messed everything up unless you tell me. So we get there, we walk in his house, <clears throat> go to his room and I let, you know, everybody else pray. I'm over in the corner sucking my thumb and, you know, trying to comfort myself. And, um, they prayed. And then Randy says to me, said, before we left, he said, Jeff, could you pray that prayer that you prayed for me uh, the other day on the phone? He says, when you prayed that something happened, I'm like, boom light bulb. You know, I'm like, oh, wow. So there is something to this thing that, that, that as far as authority and, and uh, anyway, so, so anyway, so that, those are the two that, that highlight, that, that brings back to me uh, what we actually carry. So anyway, so I just wanted to start today by just saying, hey, the, the authority that we have has been given to us because, hey, we're, we're born into this, into this world. So th there's a certain amount of authority that we have, uh, a, a God-given authority that we have. And so, uh, so I guess let's, let's start there. 